You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL? This is your man, Tony Wiggins, along with James Rapine. Got a good show for you today. Let's get it going. James, what's going on with you? What's up, Tone? Big, big uh, month in the NFL about to kick off. Final day of March. I'm, I'm ready for it. I know it, man. You know, there's a lot going on and a lot happening. I wanted us to do something we don't normally do and talk about since we're both. You're kind of in the Midwest and I'm on the southeast side of things. I want to go out west and talk about the NFC West since we're both representing AFC teams. Uh, so we're going to spend the first segment talking about the wild NFC West. And the more you look at it, the more wild it is. In the second segment, we got my, our homegirl, our sister, Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants. She's going to give our fans of the New York Giants and the people from the Big Apple all the ins and outs on, on the New York Giants. We're going to ask her some real good questions and tell us about what Dave Gettleman has going on up there. And then we're going to look at the trench monsters in our third section the NFL draft, we're going to talk about the big guys, the guys that make a lot of uh, good teams better and keeps the bad teams from being good. And we'll talk about that with some misses that we uh, discovered while we did our research. But let's not bury the lead. Let's go out to the NFC West, man, the wild NFC West, and start. Let's go in alphabetical order. I'll start with Arizona. Arizona Mm -hmm. continues to add people. They added another first battle Hall of Famer in J.J. Watt to go with their team. Uh, you can't hide the fact that this is a, a, good, a good year for Kyler Murray to, to really cement himself, but more than him, it's about Cliff Kingsbury. He has to show this year and take that step to show that he is the actual guy to get this franchise to the next level. Pressure's on because they're clearly going for it. They brought in established veterans. You mentioned J.J. Watt, wrong side of 30. A.J. Green, wrong side of 30. They trade for Hudson. You know, he's not 22. He wrong side of 30. So, um, when That's you're three, doing that, that might be three first ballot dudes, at least two. I think yeah. Hudson and Watt definitely, but maybe AJ Green. Green would have been, but uh, his his injuries the past couple of years. But I, here's the thing: is they're clearly in. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. And I I like some of the fits. Heck, they added uh, Sean Williams earlier this week. They're trying to add all these former Bengals I used to cover. This team is in a position now where you're right. The pressure isn't on Kyler Murray. Everyone knows he's a baller. Right. And and if he doesn't have success, then it's not going to be on Kyler yet. It's going to be on Cliff Kingsbury. And that's where we're going to look. So pressure's on. I think it's going to be really interesting and it's really tough in that division. But man, you you got Chandler Jones on one side and, and, and JJ Watt. I mean, that's that's a hell of a lineup, right? Uh, on defense, two guys that can get after the passer in a tough division. And then you got Kyler Murray, who he's not the best quarterback in that division. I'm not saying that. Right. But he, he damn well might be second. <laughs> and I think he probably is second, which is, is saying something with what the Rams did. You know, they're, they're a real good team on paper that when you watch them, sometimes it all doesn't seem to quite come together, especially when they mm-hmm. play another real good team. So I think from an identity perspective, they don't want to fall into that trap where they start to look like the old Mike McCarthy Green Bay Packers. And what that is is look really good against bad teams, look pretty good against okay teams, but somehow when you always go against those really, really good teams, you fall short and you're missing something. Like you can score all of these points, you can score 30, but the other teams are always going to score 31. 
and you're always going to fall short and your quarterback's going to look good and you're going to be in the game. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting, but you're just going to fall short. You know, Drew Brees and those guys went through that for a long time. And the few years, Matthew Stafford, they did have some success up and they were like that. They were just a really, really exciting team that would score a lot of points and be able to hang in there, but they would never really, really get over the hump. Let's move to the next team alphabetically, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Another coach quarterback combination, Sean McVay and his new toy, Matthew Stafford. Have they replenished enough? It, it always seems like these teams that make the Super Bowl and lose are always trying to kind of gear it up just to get back to that point as opposed to just retooling it. Do you think they're trying to get back to where they were a few years ago when they lost to the Patriots? Or do you think they really sort of just scrapped that whole thing and just said, let's just start over and, and, and where we are? and try to build on where we are right now to get back. Oh, they're building. I mean, they're building on where they are. They're really pushing. You want to talk about going for it. When you give up those picks for a guy like Stafford, it, that's what you're doing. You're trying to go for it. And I I really like their roster. I, I got to tell you, Tony. I mean, let, let's just look at the offense here. And, and so you got Matt Stafford who can throw it a mile. I, I think the offensive line, yeah, there are some question marks, but overall I think they can be – okay mm-hmm. cam Akers flashed some last year we know about robert woods we know about cooper cup but here's the thing you got a guy in van jefferson who's going to step up for josh reynolds in year two and be that third wide receiver and this veteran named deshaun jackson who what has he done in the, his career take the he's top burned, off the defense take the top off the defense he's burned all these d- defensive backs that are you know still trying to, to to put the fire out for being burnt so damn much and guess what now all he's got to do is win that's the only thing he's got to do. That's probably the only thing on his mind. And I know he's had injury issues, but if he makes two plays in the playoffs two, that signing's worth it. So I like what they've done because he really does fit what they're, what they need. And uh, that offense, man, you, you want to talk about pressure. I don't think pressure's on McVay. Uh, and, and maybe I guess you could say it, but I think the pressure's on Stafford initially here to show that he is a winning quarterback, that he is, a guy that has been held back and we're talking about the NFC West. So I'll compare it to Carson Palmer when he went from Oakland with the Raiders to the Arizona Cardinals. And it was for much less, it was a conditional seventh round pick, right? but his career was suddenly, it was like, Oh, wow. I, I have these weapons that I can throw to. And they had John Brown then, right. And Larry Fitzgerald, what well, was not in his prime, but he was still really, really good. And in suddenly um, you look at Matt Stafford and I think it's a similar situation where he's going to, 10, 11 wins. I mean, they're going to walk into that and what they do after that in the postseason is how this experiment's going to be judged. I think, too, McVay got tired of teams. I remember in the Super Bowl, Belichick, I saw the old the old uh, footage. He was like, with like five minutes to go, they were down seven. or New England was up seven, and Belichick was like, they got nothing. They got nothing. Do you remember those highlights? He was like, he told his defense, just keep doing what you're doing. They have nothing. And that that was because they, they knew that golf wasn't going to go over the top of the ball. Now – you better know Matthew Stafford will stick his foot and throw that thing to Tijuana. So you cannot say that they're not going to at least try to stretch that defense. And I think it opens up all of the other stuff. I got so sick of watching them run sideline to sideline. They were running sideways. They, they, they do more wide receiver sweeps than any team I've ever seen. And the little shallow drag routes is because golf never threw the ball and challenged the team vertically. And I think that changes with both Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford. So let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, and who knows who the quarterback is going to be. Everyone is guessing. Did he trade all of that draft capital up last weekend for the opportunity to take Mac Jones or 
did he do it for Justin Fields or did he do it for the guy that I call the next Donovan McNabb and Trey Lance? Nobody knows, and he's not telling anyone, but he's also saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to still be his quarterback next year while they figure it out. That's a weird situation to be in, if you ask me. It's really weird, and I, I do wonder if it's just – if it's Mac Jones, if that's who he's honing in on. you got so many people now trying to explain how it fits, why it fits. I'll be honest with you. In, in, in heck, we've talked – uh, we had Mac Jones's trainer on a couple of weeks ago, right? You, you're familiar with him. He grew up in that area. Yeah, Denny. Right. That's too much. It's too much, Tony. I, I and, and maybe they end up w- with it right. But if if that's what they did to move up there to get Mac Jones, ah, man, he better be. You better get it right because you're you're fired if not. Shanahan's fired. John Lynch is fired. They're all out of there. And to me, it, it just it feels like a risk, especially when I look at a Trey Lance. When I look at a Justin Fields. And I think about the possibilities that those guys from an athletic standpoint, and I know Mac is an athlete, ran a four, seven, like he's no slouch, right? He's, he's better. Be- athlete be- than anybody. Probably, probably a better athlete than people think. Be- better athlete than he looks for sure. Right. But Justin Fields is different, man. Like he's just a different dude. And, right. and so passing on him because he can throw it and he can do all this for a guy that we only saw for one year, just one it's risky, but if they get it right, then they get it right. And, and, and that ultimately you got to trust your evaluations during this draft process. You got to look at it. And, and if, if they think Mac is this guy, who's just going to come in and run the system early, which is what you want out of a young quarterback and then learn and grow into a pro bowler, then it it's worth it. And it could pay off. And, and that's, that's the interesting thing here, because if not, let's just say he's, he's average, right? right. He's an average starter. Right. Well, that's the fourth best quarterback in the division. That, yeah, that, and that's, that's not fourth. And that's, that's not, not good enough. No, it's not good enough. And Shanny has done this with average. Remember all of that talk about him wanting Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins is as average as the day is long. And the thing is, is I hope he didn't go and draft his Kirk Cousins. And I hope what they didn't do in San Francisco is try to undo what they did before in a year where Deshaun Watson and in a year where Patrick Mahomes were in the draft, they drafted Solomon Thomas. You know what I'm saying? And then now go and say, okay, we won't make that mistake again and try to undo what they did before. Finally, let's go to the most veteran uh, team of the bunch, uh, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. At this point, I I don't think uh, we got to worry about them not being together. This marriage is going to stay intact. And uh, I just think we're going to see them get back to playing uh, the kind of ball that they used to play. I was always confused about something. Why was Russ mad? Because didn't they let Russ, they let him, they let him do what Russ wanted to do, right? And throw it around a lot and become, I think what they did for him the last four years actually put him in the Hall of Fame because it showed people how great he was. Uh, Is he angry that they did that? And now Pete Carroll and then want to pull it back and then they want to go back to more of a ball control situation because they're not going to let him cook if that's what they do. So I'm just a little bit, confused as to what it is they're arguing about or what is you know what's the problem are are you angry that they're taking the ball do you want them to run the ball more do you not want them to run the ball do you want them to protect you more do you want to continue to play loosey-goosey so it makes you look good and gives the team a chance to win you did throw 40 touchdowns and 13 picks or is it just a simple fact that you feel like they're they're just keeping you out of the decision-making process as a whole yeah, I think it's a mixture for sure. And these things happen. The, the, the surprising thing about, about everything is the fact that Russ went public. 
and, and you do wonder what led him to that aspect of it, that part of it. Uh, that being said, they went out and they traded for Gabe Jackson, a guy who's on a contract that I didn't think that they would be able to trade. Right. And they gave up a, you know, a day two pick for him, uh, I believe, or, or I think it was a third or fourth rounder. And he's a capable player and he's an upgrade. And so they're, they're showing me, Hey, yeah, we're, we're still trying here. They re-signed Carlos Dunlap. They move on from Jaron Reed who wanted a new deal. And, and so they bring in a, an edge rusher that had a lot of productivity for them during the second half of last season. I think they're still in the mix here. And that's the thing. If you're Russell Wilson, tempers may flare. You may fight with your wife and your wife here being Pete Carroll, but you guys are still married. And unless you're willing to, to go all out and treat you better trade me. Why the hell would you trade Russell Wilson? We sat here a couple months into the season, Tony. And I said, man, I, I'm, I think Russell Wilson's MVP. I mean, the first eight games of the year, he was balling and you got DK Metcalf, you got Lockett. Um, you're who knows, maybe they sign Antonio Brown. They're in on him and, uh, Maybe he doesn't end up back in Tampa. I think he will, but you never know. So there's, uh, there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic. The draft certainly isn't one because they trade all their picks in Seattle. But I think that they uh, they can turn this around. They can kind of button it up, get back together. Sometimes you fight with your spouse. And uh, how you emerge from that, you can emerge stronger. And I think there's a chance and a path for the Seahawks to do that with Russell Wilson and uh, and Pete Carroll. So we'll see if they can. Every time I fought with my spouse, I always lose. So uh, I'm and gonna, I think Russell might have lost here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go here and uh, go out on the limb and say that I'm going to pick the Rams to win this division. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb, really. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic. I, I just think that they're in a better position than anybody else to make a run. Here's why I agree with you. One, I, I trust their coach. So of the coaches in this division, um, I, I certainly trust it. I don't trust Cliff, even though they might have just as much talent right now. Um, but I, I trust McVeigh, you trust Carroll, and obviously you trust uh, Shanahan, but you just don't know the quarterback position in San Francisco. So to me, it's two teams, right? And in Arizona, well, I don't trust his coach. The the Rams, I, I do. And I was talking to a, a former coach the other day, and he was like, oh, Matt Stafford's legit. He coached Stafford. He's like, oh, he's real. He's the real deal. He's going to have success in Los Angeles. And so that that's part of it too is – I wonder if this is eight games into the year, we're talking about Matthew Stafford for MVP. Good. You know, be. I, like, I, I wonder if this is it. Cause if he puts up big numbers with that defense, they're going to be blowing people out. And he's used to putting up big numbers. And I think McVeigh's going to be happy to show off his shiny new toy. So and if they get, uh, I, and I wouldn't and if argue they, with you at all. And if they get ahead, Aaron Donald's going to have 20 sacks. Trust me, if they play if they play with the league. I tell you what, coming up, man, we're going to go to the East Coast. We're going to the Big Apple. We're going to talk to. Uh, locked on New York Giants. Uh, she covers the Locked on New York Giants. Our sister, Patricia Trania. We're going to make sure we get all of the information and find out what the heck Dave Gettleman is up to for all of our fans of the Giants and the people that follow Locked on up in the New York area. I don't know. So I want to ask her. I didn't want to come over here and speculate. So we might as well bring the expert on. We'll do that here on Locked on NFL on the Wednesday in just a second with James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football, the regular season might be over, but it's almost draft time. You know what that means? NFL draft prop bets. So you need to go to betonline.ag and check out all of the prop bets they have to offer. Plus, 
College hoops, the final four is here. If you've been on the sideline and not cashing in with Bet Online, you need to get your button gear right now. So go there right now, betonline.ag. See all the news, scores, and odds that they have for you. It's the best place to place your, place your bets. And the best part, it's free to sign up. And if you head there now, betonline.ag, and use promo code Locked On, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, promo code Locked On. And as you make your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. And I have to remind you that Peter Bukowski hosts the Locked On Today podcast. It's 20 fast, good minutes to hit you in the gut every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. It's all the stories from around the sports world, not just football and the local experts that Peter has on will give you all the news. And it's early in the morning. It's like a shot of espresso to get you going. It's 20 fast minutes of all the information you need. So it's locked on today's podcast, wherever you get your podcast. James and I are joined and blessed with Patricia Trainer, who covers the New York Giants for Locked On Giants. And we are glad to have her here with us today. What is going on, Patricia? Hello, my friends. It is an honor to be on with you. It's an honor to have you. And uh, we, we, James and I want to know what's going on in New York. See, so here's my dilemma, right? My dilemma is the Yankees are held to such a higher standard. They got to spend all of this money and go sign every great player. And even when those guys come there, they got to trim their mustaches and they got to do everything the Yankee way, right? But Dave Gettleman can just do what he wants to do. He can draft offensive linemen, running backs. He can give quarterbacks uh, 12 years to get right. And nobody ever gives him any pressure. Now, I have a theory. I have a theory is because the two times that the Giants went on their runs to win Super Bowls under Parcells and under Coughlin, they did it with nuts and bolts and they didn't do it with a whole bunch of Hollywood stuff. They did it with defense in the run game and just a whole bunch of non, you know, Hollywood type stuff. So do the does the football team get a pass because of that? Because fans always want to win the way they always used to win say they get a pass i mean if you follow my timeline on twitter you would see that it's sometimes not a very pleasant place to be um and i understand it the fans are very frustrated i'm frustrated look i mean i've been covering this team for 20 plus years i've been there for the high times i've been there for the low times and let's face it the last decade has just not been fun so i don't think it's a pass per se i just think you know you're right the giant fans they do have a higher standard as they should, you know, they're paying good money like any other NFL team's fans are, and they expect a decent product in return, and they just haven't been getting that. And, you know, you can trace it back to after the 2011 Super Bowl when the draft class has started to just really be awful. I mean, I, I remember writing about that, how one class after another after another just busted. And I and I remember writing and saying, this is going to come back to haunt this team, and it's going to take them literally years to dig out and it did and it and it still is they're still digging out so hopefully they're on the right track now with joe judge they appear to be um they have a new way of building the team up and we'll just see what it what it brings to them and of course they benefit by, from being in a weak nfc east so that helps as well patricia they spent uh, a ton of money i mean the the biggest contracts and free agency some of them were were obviously the giants the kenny galladay one i think su surprised some people uh, is is does this mean at least their moves on offense? You bring in Galladay, a guy I covered in John Ross, who's going to just be a compliment, I think, in that offense. But pressure on Daniel Jones now 
given that they, they have a legitimate wide receiver one for him? Oh, absolutely. There are no excuses now for Daniel Jones. Look, last year he was in a new system. He played with a young offensive line that was still kind of feeling its way around. And it was, you know, they were rotating different guys in and out. His receivers just weren't very good. His tight end, you know, I I don't even want to talk about the tight end. And I like Evan Ingram as a person, so I don't want to, you know, speak ill of him, (laughs) but we all saw what, what I saw. Um, so really, and, and then, you know, you throw in the fact that he lost Saquon Barkley early in the year. So he didn't have really anything in front of him to work with. He had to pretty much survive on his own. And, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I feel the Giants have made is they knew that they were going to eventually have to transition from Eli Manning to the next franchise quarterback. And you go and you look at what some of the other teams have done, specifically Kansas City, um, you know, uh, the Bengals haven't done it. You you would know about the Bengals, obviously. But (laughs) the the key here is um, Kansas City went and they prepared for the transition. Excuse me. They they put an offensive line in front out there. They got a running game. They got you know, decent receivers, they had a decent tight end. And then they just, you know, they added to that group, but they put together, excuse me, a foundation. And that foundation, you know, by the time Patrick Mahomes came in, he just, you know, took it and ran with it. The Giants didn't do that for Daniel Jones. They they started to, and then they changed coaches and systems, and you know they had to start from scratch. And now they're finally, you know, working on putting in that foundation. And hopefully, he's going to take that next step, sort of like what happened with Josh Allen up in Buffalo. The Giants, uh, for me, when I think about the teams that won the title, I grew up uh, in the D.C. area, Washington football team. And as great as Joe Gibbs, a thorn in his side was, as great as he was, a thorn in his side was Bill Parcells. I mean, he just could not seem to beat Parcells in those big games. And it was always because of defense. And then, of course, we know the Patriots went 18-0, and and it was the defense again that was a thorn in their side twice. Where is their defense in terms of an identity? The identity that the New York Giant fans have come to expect from a team uh, that's going to challenge for a division or a championship. Where are they? I know they resigned Leonard Williams, but what else do they have that even resembles what a, a championship defense in New York looks like? Well, if you're looking at the 1980s, it was all about the linebackers. And the Giants really haven't had a linebacker group like that in, in quite some time. I think you would have to go back to maybe 2007 when they had Antonio Pierce. Um, you know, they, they had a, a couple guys on that, that 2007 championship team. But to answer your question, the Giants defense, they want to be a high-flying, aggressive, in-your-face type of unit. You know, they don't right now have a stud pass rusher, you know, whereas the 2007, 2011 teams, even if you go back to the to the, you know, the 1980s, uh, the Parcells teams, they had a stud pass rusher. The Giants don't have that. So Patrick Graham, who is just absolutely brilliant. I mean, I had my doubts about him when they first hired him. But, you know, since then, he's just been absolutely brilliant and he has come up with a way to utilize that talent, get the most out of that talent. And if you look at some of the, the breakout seasons these guys had, I mean, Leonard Williams, you know, this is a guy people were saying, oh, he's a bust. He's never going to live up to his, his, his uh, pedigree. Look at what, what they were able to get out of him. I mean, 11 and a half sacks, his best career year. Dalvin Tomlinson before he left for the Vikings, another guy who, who had a banner year. So 
I think Patrick Graham has a good idea of what he wants out of these guys and how to utilize them to their to the best of their strengths. And what you're going to see in this defense is pretty much, you know, an in-your-face, aggressive, you know, a, a, a bunch of bullies, I guess, for a lack of a better term. And and that's something that this team really hasn't had in, in, in you know, several years, and they're working towards it. And they've added some new pieces now. They're going to continue adding in the draft. And I'm really excited and encouraged by what they've done on that defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about the draft a little bit because they obviously still have some weaknesses, but – looking at, at where they're drafting. I thought maybe wide receiver, a weapon would be in play. Now, maybe not so much. Is it offensive line for them? Is it trenches? Looking at that area of the draft, that's that's when I think you're going to start to see some defensive linemen go, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be an offensive lineman or two there as well. You know, that's a tough one. You know, I, I, I will say this about Dave Gettleman. He, in the past, he was so easy to read. I mean, I, I knew who the pick was going to be weeks before the pick was actually made. And I was, I was spot on. This time around, I can't sit here and say, oh, it's definitely going to be this. It's definitely going to be that. If I had to take a guess, I think they may go defensive uh, pass rusher. I think they will go edge rusher, just kind of connecting the dots a little bit, you know, how they went after Leonard Floyd that didn't go through, Um, you know, just the fact that Joe judge was out at Penn state looking at, you know, Micah Parsons amongst others. Then he went down to Miami to check out, you know, Greg Rousseau, um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not just saying that was the only player that he went out to check, but, you know, you kind of try and connect the dots a little bit. And that's really the one position I think that they could real that they haven't really addressed. They did add the young man from, from the Vikings. I, I fed Odenigno. I hope I said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's an intriguing young man, uh, pass rusher. They're going to get Lorenzo Carter back from injury. They're going to get O'Shane Zimenez back from injury Two promising young talents, um, but who haven't quite broken through the ceiling, so to speak. Um, Carter is also entering the final year of his rookie deal, if I'm not mistaken. So they have to build that up because if you look at the champion, the last two championships the Giants have, they had at least three good pass rushers. 2007, they had Strahan, they had Tuck, they had Humaniora. 2011, it was JPP, it was uh, Tuck. And it was Yumanura. So, you know, I think if they want to take that defense to the next level, if I'm them, I look past rusher. So um, that would be my guess right now. But of course, like I said, it's still kind of early. And that's that's just how me connecting the dots. Patricia Trainer with Locked On Giants here uh, for a few more minutes. One more question for me is, uh, can you just get me a 500 team to win the division? I called it the NFC Least last year. Can you just... <laughs> Can you just get me a 500 ball club? Can I get eight and eight to win the division this year? Can we just not get another sub 500 team in the playoffs, Patricia? Oh, you are preaching to the choir. I called it the <laughs> NFC least to a lot last year. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what's happened to the NFC East. I really don't. Um, but I, I do know that I'm, that, uh, you know, you look at the teams right now, you know, I, I still say the Eagles are a mess. Washington, I'm not sure they have a solid option at quarterback. No disrespect to the great Fitzmagic, but um, I don't think he is the long-term answer there. And I think the sooner they get themselves the quarterback, the sooner they can kind of cross that hump. Dallas is Dallas, you know, they always, you know, they're, they're always the king of the off season and then they get into the season and they just fall apart. And the Giants, they have question marks too, you know, specifically on the offense. So, 
Um, I do hope and have op optimism that the Giants will will be at least eight, a 500 team this year. And don't forget, we have this 17th game that's going to supposedly be approved. So, you know, we should have, you know, we won't have eight and eight winners. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to see a nine and seven team again because last year it was just downright embarrassing. And I felt bad for the teams in the other divisions that had better records and that, that had to sit out the playoffs because, you know, the league says that each team, each division has to be represented. I left the toughest question for last, Patricia, and um, it's it's interesting because the the Dave Gettleman saga continues. They they spend a lot of money. How how hot is his seat right now going into twenty twenty one? Big time. If they don't win this year, I suspect, and this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. um, I suspect they'll have to tear it down again. Wow. Um, and if they do have to tear it down. Dave Gettleman will not be part of that rebuild. I mean, he's had now, what, this is his fourth off season. So, you know, the first, you, you, you can only point to so many excuses. You know, the first year he had the, the, the cancer that he was fighting. Okay. Uh, second year, you know, they, they had a coaching change after Pat Shermer didn't, didn't work out. Um, you know, then, then COVID hit. The excuses are drying up. All right. And, and I know Gettleman has revamped the scouting process. He's revamped how they evaluate talent. Um, he's ha he has convictions on guys and he works well with Joe Judge. But the bottom line is if this team does not take the next step forward, I could see them potentially tearing it all down and starting from scratch, not necessarily with the head coach because they like Joe Judge. But just, you know, at some point, you, you've got to question the talent that's coming in and why stuff isn't meshing across the board. And I think, you know, Dave Gettleman, he's done a lot of good. You know, he's made more right decisions than wrong decisions, in my opinion. But um, if they don't win this year, I, I think they're going to have to start it all over again. Wow, man. I tell you what, I wish we could start this interview all over again because I've been waiting to do this for a minute, Patricia. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully it won't be the last time you join us or me. We'll leave James out. I'll call you from the Jaguars. We'll leave James out. We'll, we'll need to talk to nobody up in Cincinnati. We'll make this a New York and Jacksonville thing. Oh, you're on, man. But listen, I love James too. Yeah, that's my, that's my boy. Thank that's you for joining us here on Locked On NFL, all right? Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants. All right, Patricia Trainer, joining James, repeating Tony Wiggins here on Locked On Interview. That was a lot of fun, man. All right, we're going to talk college. We're going to talk some trench monsters, and we'll do that in the third segment here on Locked On NFL, as we do all the time as we talk the NFL draft. James, repeating Tony Wiggins on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. Speaking of monsters, you want to become a monster in the gym, or maybe you're just preparing for the summer vacation that we're hopefully going to be able to get this year. Built Bar can help you get there because you can cut weight, you can eat healthy with this awesome top-of-the-line protein bar. Amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. I always call them the best protein bars on the planet because they are. I love Built Bars, and right now we're in the middle of Built Bar madness. You need to check out BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter to see each daily matchup as they try to crown the world's best tasting bar. Here's what I know. It doesn't matter what your fancy is. They got a flavor for you. So you need to go there, builtbar.com. Obviously vote in Built Bar Madness, but be sure when you're checking out and you're adding all these bars to your cart, use promo code LOCKED15. 
because that's going to get you 15% off your next order. Again, locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and be sure to check back to see who won each and every matchup and who's going to be crowned the best tasting protein bar. All righty, here on a Wednesday, Locked On NFL, James Rapine and Tony Wiggins. Of course, you can catch Travis Akima and Ben Solak as they talk about the NFL Draft on Draft Dudes and Locked On NFL Draft. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. You don't have to play GM. They'll do it for you, and they'll tell you about the film, and they'll tell you about your team and who that team needs to get. So wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dude and let Ben and Trevor break it down for you. All right, man, let's talk about some trench monsters, man. We, It's easy for us on offense and defense to talk about the edge rushers and the tackles, so we can go through that real quick. Everyone knows James is Penisa well, and this Rashawn Slater kid is, is, is giving people Tristan Wirfs vibes, mm-hmm. and, and folks are really pushing him up. And we just talked to Patricia. He might be an option for the Giants in number 11, if you want to be completely honest. Uh, he might be an option for the Bengals if y'all decide to move down too. Yeah, move down. I try to tell fans that moving down and not at five with all these quarterbacks at the top, you got to get one of these premium players. But I agree with you. It's a it's a really good offensive line class. And that's that's the interesting part about this, Tony, because teams, at least if I ran a team and I'm just some armchair GM, but I would look at the value. Where can I get the best value in each round? And that's why I think it's interesting with Penny Sewell. If, if he does not go five to the Bengals, I don't think he's going to the Falcons at four and we're expecting three quarterbacks to go at the top and maybe four fields is there. Cause he ran a four, four, three, according to one scout. Oh my on God. Tuesday at his pro day, four, four, three. Yeah. That's almost me in my prime. Right. So that's, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but he was flying. So we'll see, maybe he goes to Atlanta at four. And, and so is Sewell worth being the, the top nine quarterback taken off the board? And I would say no, but then when, when does he go? Is it sixth? Is it seventh? I think right? seven to Detroit might is be it, because Dan it's Campbell. Detroit, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you get that when you get that quarterback, they're talking about you want to chew people's knees up. You know how, how do you do that? You do that with big guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. That does fit. The, that does fit their uh, their plan there in Detroit, right? Is is get this big, tough, physical guy? But right. I mean, they need wide receiver help, and I would expect two receivers to potentially be there. Maybe a Kyle Pitts to be there. We know how much Detroit loves first round tight ends. I don't think they'll go that route, but my my point is, is like, I I do wonder how it's going to fall because if the Bengals don't take Sewell, everyone's going to mock him there. He could fall to Carolina. Hasn't taken him Denver taking him. I don't think so. Dallas Dallas at 10. They do it in a heartbeat. So maybe he falls to Dallas. And and, and that's the thing is, is maybe there's a chance if the Bengals don't take him, we're talking about the first offensive lineman going off the board at 10. And then you might start to see a little bit of a run from 10 to 14 or 15. So here's what happens when that happens. And we talked about this guys pay so much attention to tackles and they pay so much attention to bad teams. What happens is it's a trickle down effect. So then at the beginning of the second round, the leftover tackles go right to bad teams, right? Mm -hmm. You know what happens? Good teams end up with guys like Eric McCoy, the saints, Elton Jenkins, the Packers, guys that go in the middle to the late in the second round, and they're good players that should have never been there, and they end up going to these great teams in great situations. And there be there may be more guys just like that this year because people won't take some. them. Guys like Wyatt Davis, Deontay Brown, 
Who's the kid? What's the real athletic kid from Oklahoma? Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. You, you get these Landon dudes. Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. These guys, they're good players. They ought to be off the board, but they're not because these teams are going by these formulas, and bad teams are doing what bad teams do. They're going by positional value, and they're taking guys at the top of these rounds that have all of these flags, and they're passing over good football players. Where does Aaron Donald play? Where does Fletcher Where does Fletcher Cox play? Where does Chris Jones play? Oh, you're right. They're in the Interior middle. Interior matters, and Interior they're close. Matters. And they're closer to your quarterback than an edge rusher, right? Mm-hmm. And these dudes have changed the NFL to the point where they're coming right up the middle real fast. So you got some fat dude with these blood pressure ankles trying to block them when you're passing up all of these athletic guys. You need to start getting some athletic interior linemen, man, to be able to block. That's why Rodney Hudson is so good. And that's why I call him a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's why the Dallas Cowboys all these years, that's why they got it. Because they had interior. The Patriots and Dante Skarnecki, he'd always put athletic guys in the interior. That's why they always blocked for Tom Brady, who couldn't get out of his own way. And that's why nobody ever touched him, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, I, I, I agree with you. I, you have to put athletic guys. Joe Burrow's hurt because he got hit up the middle. Because of guard play. Right. The Bengals had the worst guard play in the league. And, and the, the, two eyes, the, two I, the two guys I mentioned, then they passed them. They, they, didn't, they didn't draft them. They didn't they? draft them. They could have drafted them. Yeah, in 2019. And so here's the thing is, is look across the league is, as far as the, the guard play goes. Well, we're talking about it, how important it is. We're talking about how important it was to Joe Burrow. Oh, wait, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're pretty damn well run. Right. How much did they spend on Joe Tooney? Oh, Thank my you. God. Everyone's See? talking about the tackle play. They had backup tackles in the Super Bowl against a good edge rush. You know, good edge rushers. That's going to happen. They were backups. If you get that far to the Super Bowl and you're playing with your backup tackles, you're probably in trouble. It goes for Tom Brady or anybody else. But they still prioritize guard. Five years, 80 mil, basically right. three years guaranteed for Tooney. That's right. It matters. There's no doubt it matters. And that's why, me personally, I think you're going to see some of these tackles. Maybe Alex Leatherwood, uh, Sam Cosme, some of these guys in round two. They may be drafted as tackles. Tevin Jenkins, another one. But ultimately, they're going to go into guard. And they, all three of those guys, by the way, tested really well. Right. You're talking about Cosme's really off athletic the chain. guards. Yeah. I'd be surprised if Cosme – if the Colts don't, I'd be really shocked if they don't take him, but they might not, the Colts or the Vikings, because they made these moves in free agency. So you're right, Cosby's off the chain. And if he's there at the top of the second round, I think the Jaguars should do it. But, you know, they've committed to franchise tagging uh, their dude. I'd say take him and, and try him somewhere else. Move some sure. people around. You well, have and to a franchise get... tag's one year anyway. So. Right, right. Man, it, it's been fun talking trenches, but watch this as a pattern with these mock drafts. I want, I want everyone to do this. When, I know you're on your draft machines and using the draft network and, and some of these other. Watch and see do some of these, these really good guards end up on these really good teams, these playoff teams. And then these teams take them and stash them for a year. This is why the New England Patriots don't re-sign Joe Thune. Because they probably got some dude that, that they've been sitting there stashed away and they're just going to plug. That's why Dallas, all of those years, when teams would go in and grab their guy, Okay, see you later. That's when they, you know, had Hudson Howe. They just take a dude and plug him in. I, I just, for the life of me, I cannot understand why good teams keep allowing, uh, well, bad teams keep allowing good teams to stockpile these uh, linemen, especially the interior guys. James is yeah. fun, man. It is fun. It is fun. And we have uh, less than a month now until the draft. Tick, tick, tick. Here we go. 
Tony, ready or not. Here I come. You can't hide. That's the Fuji's. Right. That's right. That's right, man. I will be back next week here on a Wednesday. Make sure you tune in every day to Locked On NFL. Great programming from all of our guests here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We always say continue to take care of each other and we'll do the same. And we'll see you same time, same place next week here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday for James Rapine. This is Tony Wiggins. Until next time.